the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 52 of Say What? That's entire year of episodes where we talk about the threats to our children in public school systems and all the things we've discussed in the previous 51 weeks. That's right, George. Uh, This is Say What's first ever anniversary. And on this occasion, we thought that we should review the highlights the good, the bad, and the ugly of topics that we've covered this past year, and a bit of a forecast of discussions to come. Well, Mark, uh, maybe we have some new listeners today, so let's just tell them first what Protect Our Kids is all about. Uh, You have a very favorite quote quote by Martin Luther King uh, that says this, Our lives begin to end the day we stop speaking about things that matter. Why do you like this quote? Well, I love this quote because for too long, we've not spoken out about things that matter. And of course, Martin Luther King is the great and celebrated civil rights leader of the 1960s. And um, George, we should probably talk about how this relates to the origins of Protect Our Kids. Um, I remember meeting you well, and we were both very exercised about what you and I as fathers were learning about what was happening in our public school system. Um, And that was uh, almost three years ago um, when we discovered particularly one law that was passed known as AB 329, the California Healthy Youth Act. Um, And we just decided we needed to do something about it. We needed to speak out about this uh, formally. And so we got together and we decided to start this organization called Protect Our Kids. And um, the rest is history, so to speak. Uh, George, uh, your background isn't really in social work or activism. Um, What do you do for a living, George? None whatsoever. And I never thought I'd be doing podcasts about this topic (laughs) either. Uh, No, I was born in Romania. Uh, under communism. Uh, We came here with my entire family. My parents brought us here in 1991 after uh, our revolution. Went from, you know, first grade. We came here in September of 91, so it came right into first grade. Um, Went through elementary, junior high, high school. Um, Went on to uh, university to study civil engineering. Um, While I was doing that, I was also getting my seminary degree and just my bachelor's in theology. Um, went on, got, got married early. I have four kids. I love playing basketball whenever I can now, mostly running. Um, yeah. And so when I found out about this at that time, I just had, we just had our third child and and that's our our little girl. Um, and she changed my world. Mm. And so when I first heard about AB 329 and comprehensive sexuality education, um, I was like, I can't raise a little girl and let her go into a public school system with this kind of garbage. Um, so I, I just, I couldn't 
sit down anymore. I said, I have to do something. And from April of 2018 until March of 2019, when we met, uh, I was trying to just push and push and push and inform parents as best as I knew how. Um, and I was just absolutely thrilled when you set up that meeting. Um, I think it was March 6th, 2019. That's right. Um, at your church. And I got to meet you and Pastor Maury Evans and Pastor Ken Chin and, and other people. And man, has it been a journey since then? Little did we imagine what would have happened since then. Well, my background is, uh, it's not the same as yours, but it's not that dissimilar. We both went to the same university and studied engineering as our undergrad programs. Um, I went on to, uh, to study law and I practiced intellectual property law for most of my career with uh, high-tech Silicon Valley companies and then went into private practice as a patent litigator. Um, and little did I imagine, George, that I would ever be involved in this fight. But uh, one thing led to another. You and I met along with some other people, and we launched this ministry called Protect Our Kids, from which this radio program, Say What?, emanated. We're so happy to be here. Our mission at POK is to inform parents and concerned citizens about the threats to their children in the public school system. And so over the course of this last year, George, during this radio program, we have tried to do just that. In fact, we specifically talked about something called the triple threat a number of times. What is the triple threat? Well, the triple threat starts off with number one, the sex and gender theory. Uh, that is uh, basically, um, you know, being enforced in our schools through what we call comprehensive sexuality education. Yeah. And so uh, we always point out to parents, especially in our conferences, that if you go back to the late 80s, early 90s, uh, the, the whole gay movement and gay rights movement in America, uh, a very prominent book called After the Ball – uh, which is a blueprint to normalize homosexuality in society and subjective gender identities. This is by Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen. And they basically outline that there we need to desensitize, we need to jam. Which is painting opponents as hateful bigots. Exactly. And then we need to go for conversion. Yeah. Yeah, they laid it all out. I mean, this is over. This is close to a 500-page book. In fact, it's hard to get anymore. I think it may be out of print, but copies are worth hundreds of dollars. I mean, this was a this was the blueprint for how to do what we're actually seeing in our schools and culture today. They they were successful. The whole SOGI movement, which mm-hmm. stands for sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, is now a, sort of a commonly understood term in our yeah. culture. Um, they talked about sexual rights, and we had a program on that, George, didn't we? We did. We tried, I think, I think it was two programs because it was so big. We, we unpacked uh, what the International Planned Parenthood Federation uh, declared, uh, they put out a sexual rights declaration back in 2008. And in there they have, they always copy God's word. They had 10 commandments for sexual rights, (laughs) 10 declarations. Um, And so a lot of those um, are like the right to sex work. They support every child who wants to become a prostitute. 
that's their right. They call it sex work. It's it's so deceiving. Yeah. Uh, the whole redefinition of the word sexuality. So when parents hear, oh, yeah, we have sex ed at school. No, 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 you don't have sex ed because the definition of sex is, you know, something biological. No, you have sexuality education today. And how is that different? Well, go back to 2006 when Planned Parenthood redefined the word sexuality in a separate declaration that they made on comprehensive sexuality education. They, in turn, uh, went and lobbied the World Health Organization to change their definition of the word sexuality. And sexuality means sex plus gender identity plus gender expression plus sexual orientation plus fantasies plus eroticisms plus it's like a paragraph long definition and then when you look at the new sexuality education curriculum comprehensive sexuality education curriculum parents are scratching their heads like how could this be sex ed this is so much more than that well because they changed the definition of the word yeah the language wars and yep. we've discussed that in programs as well but there are two other tiers to the triple threat that we've often talked about in past programs the second main one being critical race theory and this one hits very close to home for me because i come out of a communist country yep. And this is this one is the very shocking for me. Mark, do you want to explain it? Yeah, critical race theory is basically the idea that um, our entire society is corrupted from within. That uh, this idea of Marxism is still at play. Only instead of a war being, uh, you know, the have-nots against the haves, it's now against racial categories, the oppressors and the oppressed. If you happen to be uh, light-skinned, well, you're part of the oppressor group. If you happen to be dark-skinned. Well, you're part of the oppressed group. And the critical race theory, they have their modern apostles that we've talked about in past programs. Uh, For example, Robin DiAngelo wrote the book White Fragility, Uh, Ibram X. Kendi, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist, Richard Delgado. Uh, wrote what is a critical race theory and introduction. Kimberl Crenshaw uh, wrote about intersectionality from UCLA. But um, a- another component of critical race theory is historical revisionism. Yeah, rewriting, reframing American history to teach kids in our public schools to hate our country, to hate our history, a total recharacterization. And this is seen most um, notably in a book that was first published, a booklet that was published by the New York Times called The 1619 Project. You can go into any bookstore now today, and it's prominently displayed, and it's being used as teaching material all throughout our public schools today. Very dangerous stuff. And the third aspect of the triple threat is social and emotional learning, which the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been pushing everywhere. Along with many other organizations. Um, This is – we call it replacement parenting. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. It's the the state through the school system coming in and teaching children what they believe, how they should believe it how they should get along with others. It's kind of a vehicle, George, for critical race theory. And and for everything, basically, because their goal and Castle, uh, which is one of the main organizations, uh, says that they define social and emotional learning to be transforming inequity 
equitable settings and systems and promoting justice-oriented civic engagement. Yeah. But, but the question is, inequitable injustice according to who? According to who? And they, they further define it as a process whereby young people and adults build relationships that facilitate co-learning to critically examine the root causes of inequity. So there's a big agenda be, uh, behind all this, and we've talked about it in many of our programs in the past. So one of the key things that we've been trying to help parents understand is that, okay, all of this stuff is happening, but who really is behind this? Uh, some very big organizations, um, mainly unions, but other corrupting organizations as well. Uh, for example, George, the National Educators Association. We've talked about this on, on our past programs. This is a big group. 2.4 million members. It has revenue of uh, $365 million a year. Uh, in their strategic plan is to advance racial justice in education. Mm -hmm. In fact, in their 2019, um, one of their 2019 business items was to decriminalize illegal immigration, which was adopted, by the way. Um, update NEA trainings with, quote, white fragility concept. That was also adopted. Now, the NEA vigorously opposes all attacks on the right to choose, meaning abortion, and stands on the fundamental right to abortion. This was also adopted. question is, what do these things have to do with education, particularly in the K-12 through public school system? And, Mark, this is why we point out that these teachers' unions and how evil they are and how they are structured at the national level, at the state level, at the local level, and how they are no longer about teaching and, you know, not not just perfecting the art and science of teaching, but, but growing in that, maturing in that, getting better at that. They've become completely political animals. They really have. And they're not the only ones, George. There's the American Federation of Teachers. They've got almost 2 million members, big budget, over $200 million a year. Right here in California, where we live, there's, of course, the California Teachers Association. It has 310,000 members. They've also got a big budget of over $200 million a year. And uh, they're into some pretty wild stuff, too, regarding yeah. this whole triple threat agenda. The, the way that I look at them and I try to help parents understand that how important it is for them to really understand what the teachers union is all about. It, let's just take the NEA, for example. They have about 8,000 uh, voting members out of those 2.4 million because they come every year to their annual conference and they vote on business items. That's right. So these 8,000 are usually the, the presidents of the local chapters, and the presidents of the local chapters, it's a full-time paid position. They don't teach. This is all they do. Yeah. So you have – And they're paid handsomely for it. And they're paid handsomely for it. So you have 8,000 people in an organization that are paid handsomely for it that all they do 24-7 is punch you and I in the gut in the face. Yeah. And we pay them out of our taxpayer dollars. And, and George, they're aided and abetted by other third-party organizations that are intent on uh, corrupting our, our children in the public schools, uh, most notably Planned Parenthood. This started by the eugenist uh, and racist Margaret Sanger. Um, mm -hmm. she, that, that organization is behind so much of what's going on to take kids off campus 
to give them medical services for reproductive, quote, reproductive health yep. and abortion services. Another big organization is SECUS, um, Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. George, their tagline, as you and I both know, is sex ed for social change. And their founder was Mary Calderon, who's the former Planned Parenthood medical director. So everything ties back to the roots of Planned Parenthood. And by the way, you know where she got the seed money to start Seekus? Tell us. All right. It is none other than Mr. Hugh Hefner, the porn wow. industry guru, John. Yeah. Yep. Also a close connection with the Kinsey Foundation. Yeah. And we know about him. But these aren't the only organizations. There's the Human Rights Campaign, and they're the, the group behind, quote, welcoming schools that is there to indoctrinate kids into the homosexual lifestyle. Uh, closely coupled with them is the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, otherwise known as GLSEN, that's behind so many of the Gay Straight Alliance clubs. Advocates for Youth is another one of the the big groups uh, corrupting our kids. In fact, their tagline is young, powerful, taking over. So um, a lot of stuff there, George. But we also gave parents some insight and a look into what's actually being taught in public schools today. Yep. We went over a lot of different uh, curricula that are being used, especially on the comprehensive sexuality education side and a lot of different books that are being you know, read to children and encouraged. <laughs> for yeah, children. just a few examples of, uh, here's a book that, that kids are seeing in kindergarten. Who are you? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity, which instructs children to ignore the sex that they were born with, teaching them that gender is much more than the body you were born with. You know, that's... you. Parents just make a guess by looking at a child's body as to what their gender is. And from there, it advances to books like My Princess Boy, which tells the story of a young boy who likes to dress in girls' clothes. Family and friends are supportive, but others make fun of the boy. Readers are urged to express caring and compassion for children who cross-dress. From there, we go to the books like It's Not the Stork, and then It's Perfectly Normal, Boy, this is a bad one, which is intended for 10-year-olds and up. And this book, George, graphically shows cartoon images of sex acts and normalizes homosexuality, bisexual, and transgender identities. 10-year-olds. 10-year-olds. It is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, There is another one that's called SEX, Puberty and All of the Stuff. Uh, This is intended for teens. This book... Thoroughly describes sex acts in common vernacular with graphic cartoon imagery. It also introduces the use of condoms and other protective methods to avoid transmission of STDs. And really, most of these are encouraging sexual activity. Uh, there's no question about it. In fact, at, at POK, we make this point that it's not just talking about gender identity. They're sexualizing our children at very young ages. And we, over this course of the last year, George, on this program, we've provided many examples of just that. Um, but in terms of gender identity, there's two other tools that we've talked about that are being used in the public schools to, to do this job. One is the gender-bred person. But that has changed into now the unicorn person. Yeah, because a unicorn, you get to create yourself. You do, yeah. 
Um, we also talked about the 1619 project, uh, Barner Hess's eight white identities, which required Cupertino kids to identify themselves according to the regime of whiteness, from white abolitionists to white supremacists. And finally, George, we talked about the California Ethnic Studies Program, which encouraged teachers to lead students in chants and worship Aztec and pagan gods. Parents, we also try to really help you understand your constitutional rights and especially the important cases that affect that at the Supreme Court level. We did. We talked uh, in various programs about the First and Fourteenth Amendment and how that applies to parents' rights in the public schools. And uh, we, we talked about some specific cases a number of times, one of which is uh, Meyer v. Nebraska that goes back to 1923 and really gives parents the right to control the upbringing of their children. Uh, this was reemphasized in a more recent case, Troxel versus Granville, which um, underscored that that right. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this this very famous case, West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett, that states that public officials cannot mandate a certain orthodoxy, an ideology, to our school kids. And they a, just can't do it. Yeah. And yet that's what's happening in our public schools today. Exactly. Um, students also have rights in the public schools to express their religion and to express their, their rights of conscience. That's the Tinker v. v. Des Moines case. But, the, George, there's also some bad cases that we've discussed many times on this program. Yep, we have Brown versus Hot, Sexy, and Safer, 1995 in Massachusetts. And its sister case, uh, which is more recent, the infamous Fields versus Palmdale School District, 2005, uh, out of the Ninth Circuit um, here in California, both cases stood for the proposition that parents' rights to control the upbringing of their children, quote, does not extend beyond the threshold of the school door. And unfortunately, that's still good law today. And Mark, this is the one, Fields versus Palmdale, that like made me blow up, you know, when I was researching this because I actually had to deal with it in my own school district. May of 2018, we stormed the boardroom with a bunch of parents, hundreds of parents saying, no way, you are not going to teach our children this stuff. And guess what? There was a Planned Parenthood representative in the room they ended up sending a letter on behalf of Planned Parenthood to our school board. And in the letter, they quoted Fields versus Palmdale. So that's when I finally understood why our school boards are in the Ninth Court region, right, Ninth Circuit region, uh, why they are absolutely afraid of Planned Parenthood. That's right. Well, George, we're about at the end of our program, but are there any particular notable events that happened this past year that – that, that you remember that stand out to you? Well, first one is San Francisco Gay Men's Choir. Oh, yes. And this one was absolutely horrific. You can't call this a parody. Like, no, th- this was intentional. And here's some lyrics, at least for the end. Uh, you think we're sinful. You fight against our right. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes in check. Funny, just this once, you're correct. And they close it off. We're saying we're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. 
the gay agendas here. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, they took that off their website, by the way, because there was such an outcry, but it was too late. I mean, the agenda was out there for everybody to read. But you know, George, for me, really the, the biggest one was when the National School Board Association colluded with the Biden administration and the Department of Justice to term parents complaining about what their kids were learning in the public schools as, quote, domestic terrorists and to launch investigations into certain parents. Chilling. That was a huge say what moment for us. And we could see that all around the country now, and especially starting in Virginia with the gubernatorial race, parents are starting to wake up. They've woken up there. They've woken up in San Francisco. They have indeed. Where they've recalled three school board members. Um, and so, Mark, uh, what can we expect going forward? I mean, just from two dads, we started this, but every parent out there, just as normal as we are, what, what can they do? Well, parents can get involved, learn about what's happening in the, in, the, in the public school system, and get engaged. And the first place that we would recommend is go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. We have just a such a rich repository of information there that that they can learn about, subscribe to our website so they get our, our updates and they can keep informed. And stay tuned to this program, George, because throughout this next coming year, we're going to be talking about many, many other issues that are important to parents to know about. We definitely will. Parents, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening, especially to this uh, one-year anniversary episode. Until next time, take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.